Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning's message comes from Matthew chapter 25. As we continue our study in Matthew, we're looking at Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. This is the parable of the talents. Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So there once was a man who went on a journey. But before he left, he called his servants in and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, and to one he gave one. And then the master went away. Immediately the five-talent servant began trading with his talents and turned five into ten. And the two-talent servant did the same, earning two more. But the one-talent servant was afraid, afraid that he would fail his master, afraid that he might lose the whole thing. So the one-talent servant dug a hole in the backyard and buried his talent there. And then one day there was a knock at the door. It was the master, and he came to find out how the servants did. Well, the five-talent servant, uh, five servant did very well. 
and the master was quite, quite, quite pleased with him. And the two-talent servant did equally well. And he also pleased the master. But the one-talent servant was ashamed because he had not risked that which had been given to him. And when he heard it, the master was very, very disappointed. To understand this parable, you need to know what first century people knew. The first thing they knew was the meaning of the word talent. It didn't mean what it means for us today. In Jesus' day, a talent was a weight of measure, like an ounce or a kilo or a ton. A talent was thought to be the amount of weight that a full-grown man could comfortably carry on his back. But the word talent also came to be known as a cer certain sum of money, like dollars or pesos or denarii. 2,000 years ago, a talent was the equivalent of what a person could earn in 15 or 20 years. A talent was a lot of money. And five talents was a ton of money. Finally, the word talent in our language has come to mean a skill or an ability. In fact, our definition of this word has been derived from this very parable. If someone has a gift or an ability that has worldly value, like the ability to create artwork, uh, to, to make music, to sell something, we call that a talent. Talents in the first century and talents today are intended to be used, not buried. In Jesus' day, however, burying things of value was an acceptable way of safeguarding them. According to Jewish law, if you buried your treasure, you were no longer responsible for it. It was certainly safe. It was certainly secure. But it was not smart. And this is the meaning of the parable that Jesus tells, that to simply bury the gifts that the Master has entrusted to you is inappropriate. In Jesus' mind, Burying a talent is like building a ship and never sailing it out of port. It's safe, but it's useless. But to risk your gifts, on the other hand, to apply them in the business and the, the busyness, busyness of life, of busyness of this world, is to make product, productive use of your talents. And in the parable that Jesus told, the master comes back one day and he knocked on the door of those servants and he demanded an accounting of how they used their given talents. So what does this parable hold for us some 2,000 years later? How are we to interpret its meaning in light of a complex world where things are not as simple as a master going on a journey and leaving us briefly in charge with his things? For example, if we assume that talent means skill or ability or interest, does it mean that God has gifted everyone? Yes, it does mean that, though perhaps not equally. Some people have many talents, others have a few, and some of us only have one. But everybody has been gifted by God with some ability or skill or talent. And so what does this parable say to us then? It says that one day 
God is going to ask for an accounting of how we used our talent in this world. I gave you the gift of music. Did you ever develop it and use it for God's glory? I gave you the valuable gift of caring for children. Did you care for any giving glory to God? I gave you the ability of leading people. Did you lead any to Christ? That is what the master is going to ask us. Let's assume for a minute, though, that by talent, Jesus is speaking of a sum of money. Might be dollars, pesos, might be denarii, whatever. It depends on where you live. But every person has been gifted with some degree of wealth. And one day, the master is coming back to ask what we did with the portion that was entrusted to us. Did you bury your money in the backyard or a bank account or an investment portfolio? Did you play it safe? keeping it all hidden in the event of a rainy day? Or did you take a risk? Did you use it to touch other people's lives for Christ, including your own, to provide comfort and joy to them? This is what the Master is going to ask. Let's assume for a moment that what Jesus really meant by the word talent was faith in the gospel. I gifted you with a spiritual curiosity, the master says. I surrounded you with evidence of a God and people who told you my story and all sorts of faith opportunities. But did you ever exercise your faith or did you always bet on the sure thing? Did you ever live out on the edge, risking your reputation and your security on the fact that what I have said is true? Or did you play it safe? only trusting in those things that can be touched and proven and socially correct in this careful culture in which we live. That's what the master wants to know. One of the most graphic verses, verses in all of Scripture is found in the book of Revelation, where Jesus says, Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If anyone hears my voice and invites me in, I will dine with him and they with me. Okay. But there is one aspect of this story that most people overlook. What about the one in the middle? The two-talent guy. Yes, there was the wise, multi-talented servant as an example of excellent stewardship and a fully single-talented servant as an example of poor stewardship, but also this one in the middle, a person with a lot less than the super five-talent servant, but one with a lot more than the one-talent servant. The one in the middle is there for an important reason. What do we know about this two-talent servant? Well, obviously he is somewhere in between the two others in terms of the master's faith and abilities. He has been entrusted with two talents, twice as much as the fully servant, but he is only entrusted with two, which is just 40% as much as the wise, five-talent guy. Perhaps the master thought the one in the middle had some potential, but he was not considered likely to be a standout performer. And what did the two-talent servant do with his two talents? He doubled them and wound up returning four talents to the boss. His performance was proportionally on par with that of the five-talent servant. He did just as well as the shining star example in the parable. 
Frankly, although this parable does not say it, I suspect that the master was at least somewhat surprised when he received the four talents from the servant in the middle. We can assume that the master was astute. That's why he was the master in the story. He probably expected excellent performance from a five-talent servant, and he probably expected worthless performance from the one-talent servant, although he had deliberately entrusted the man with a talent in order to give him an opportunity to prove himself otherwise. But the two-talent servant's performance was better than expected. If he had brought back, say, three talents, that would have been predictable, good showing for him. But performing at the same level as the top guy, now that was something. When the master said, well done, good and faithful servant, to the middle one, I suspect his congratulations was just a little louder and just a little warmer and heartier than his comments to the other two. Why do I mention this guy in the middle? Because most of us are two-talent servants. We're not fools or idiots of the riches of God. We realize that God has entrusted us with a great deal. So we're not going to foolishly hide and completely fail to utilize what God has given into our care. On the other hand, we're not superstars of faith. Few of us are going to become St. Paul's or Martin Luther's or Mother Teresa's. We are not likely to conduct crusades where millions uh, are saved, uh, or nor build cathedrals to God's glory, nor offer our lives up in martyrdom on some foreign soil, foreign fields for Christ. We're somewhere smack in between the heights and depths is where most of us live. And the good news is that it is exactly where we can faithfully serve God. Not only can we serve, but we can serve well. Proportionally, we can utilize what has been entrusted to us just as effectively as the crusade conductors, the cathedral builders, the martyrs. Starting is the first step to succeeding. We cannot be afraid to, of failure. The one in the middle, the faithful servant who does the best he or she possibly can in whatever circumstances and with what has been given. The one who tries and the result is pleasing, perhaps even more pleasing and surprising to the master. One day the master will come looking for you. You cannot hide from him. You cannot avoid him. And when he finds you, he will ask you what you did with all the gifts he entrusted to you. And what will you say? I buried them. I kept them hidden. I kept them safe. Or I used them to change the world. The answer is up to you. Let us close with prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have enabled us to be ready by the work of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again for our salvation. And, O oh Lord, we pray that there might not be anyone leaving this place who is not ready, who is not prepared, whose heart is not made right, who will not hear good and faithful servant. Excellent. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you roller over many. Enter into the joy of of thy Lord.
May it be that all of us can hear that someday because we have taken advantage of the privilege of hearing your truth. Amen.